Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, And this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hello. We finally made it to the final episode of the season. Hi, Aid. Hi, Tane. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you had a good one. I had a great Thanksgiving. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. It was a lot of um, hanging with the in-laws and the in-laws family, but there was a lot of food. Like, it was obscene. It was just a lot of food that I couldn't even eat anything. (laughs) I took a lot home, a lot of leftovers, so I'm excited to dig into that. But, yeah, it was good. That's why I consider my Thanksgiving great is because at first I was worried we wouldn't have enough food. And then it seemed like we had the perfect amount of food. Like, yes, people took over leftovers, but at last year I made a Thanksgiving dinner for like three people and the amount of leftovers was obscene. So I feel so much better about this year. I'm like, yes, it was enough food, but it wasn't too much food. There's not too many leftovers. Our party was smaller than it usually was pre-pandemic and I enjoyed the smaller crowd was great. <laughs> I'm glad you had a good one. I'll tell you the highlight of my Thanksgiving. Not a highlight, but I had pistachio ice cream for the first time in my life. Was it good? It was, I want to say it was better than I expected. I've never had it because for some reason I did think it was going to be green. Because, I mean, why not? <laughs> it's logical. <laughs> and I just thought it would be disgusting. Like, who wants that? One, it wasn't green. I had the Haagen-Dazs um, brand, and it was, like, vanilla-colored, and it just had a little bit of the pistachio nuts in there, and it was not bad at all. Like, I would have it. I still don't know if it's elevated to the point where that's what I will order, like a first-choice order, but it definitely did not meet what I thought it was. It was good. I'm very happy for you. Did you, had you always wanted pistachio ice cream? No, that's why I've never had it. I just thought it would be automatically <laughs> disgusting. It's like um, people that like chocolate chip mint. I'm like, why do you want toothpaste as your dessert? Like, I don't I don't understand it. So I just always thought it's a weird choice for an ice cream. And I refuse for no good reason, just because. <laughs> I, I quite enjoy mint chocolate chip ice cream, mint chocolate chip cookies. 
just, just. Of course you do. <laughs> We're out here, you know. <laughs> uh, I, did I eat any new food yesterday? No, no. I did bake though. I baked a cake, a champagne cake, and a pumpkin roll. And my pumpkin roll turned out pretty good. I find rolls very stressful, but I've been watching Great British Baking Show, and that always inspires me to like push myself a little. So. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. I just realized that the finale was yeah just came out today for us. I've tried to avoid all the spoilers because what's happened in the past is someone that I follow that lives in the UK spoils it for me. So I've tried to avoid it. And then today I logged on and I just saw, oh, the final. And I'm like, oh, my God, I need to get out of here. And I'm trying to watch the final before it gets spoiled for me. So it happened to yeah. me on Tuesday. I was scrolling oh, Twitter. No. And someone who I follow for a completely different reason in the UK posted who won. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> to oh, me, no. also, like, we, we already talked about this, but, like, the fact that Jurgen is not the winner is the shock of my life. So it kind of almost was like, I wonder who is going to win, because I've been thinking the whole season it's going to be Jurgen. It's wide open right now, because I kind of like that he's gone, because if he's there, then there's no, it's basically his to lose. So now that he's here, it could be really anyone. I mean, Aid already knows, for those of you who watch it, Giuseppe's my dude. I'm rooting for him all the way, but we'll see how it goes. And for those who don't know, Aid is a good baker. I've had her stuff, so, you know, I can Aww. vouch for her. I am pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not good enough to be on the Great British Baker Show. Every time I watch, maybe the first couple seasons, I was like, oh, I can do that. The longer it's gone on, the more I'm like, oh, no, no, this is beyond my capabilities. Okay. Uh, oh, somehow it up to Great British Bake Off, but yeah. Ah, but that is not what we are gathered here today. <laughs> not to discuss <laughs> that, but to to talk about Married at First Sight. So just for you guys to know, while this is the last episode of the season, we're not done. Um, we will be over on Patreon. We the first thing that'll be out is the Where Are They Now, and that'll be up next week. And then usually we do the matchmaking special after the season is over, but there's like no time in between seasons. And last year we didn't do Where Are They Now? And this year we are. So we're not doing the matchmaking special. We're kind of done with these people. <laughs> and we've been talking they about shut them down our throats. We've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been talking about top five fights. That will be out on Patreon in the next few weeks. I really enjoyed recording that one, Aid. <laughs> I did too. I did too. For you guys who are not our patrons, we don't know why you're not, but if you're not a patron, <laughs> we will be sharing some old Patreon episodes on the regular feed. Stay subscribed and we'll carry you through this Married at First Sight break. I mean, if you even want to call it a break. I was having a conversation. I don't know if it was with you. Listen, guys, I'm getting older. I can't remember anything. Or with someone else. And... Yeah, it was with you, eight, I think. Where, honestly, it feels like we're not even getting a break. The fact that a new season is coming out in January, I'm not quite particularly a fan of that. Because if you don't get time to, like, purge out the other, you know, the previous couples, get prepared, and then get excited, you keep getting it on a roll, you don't get the time to appreciate the show. So now it just seems like a factory. I had some strong feelings about the fact that they announced the new couples and people before they even completed the previous season. 
my memory is crap, I know, but I'm like, I don't think that has ever happened before. Like, can we close out one chapter before we open a new one? Yeah. Like, I'm perfectly fine with the most, like, a lot of reality shows, besides a few ones that run throughout the year, it's usually just once a year, you go through it, let them have their moment, get whatever they're going to get out of it, and then even for us, just give us a break. (laughs) But yeah, not particularly a fan of this new factory format going on here. So a couple weeks ago, I think I said I would update you guys on decision day ratings. Ratings were actually, I wouldn't say they were bad for this decision day, but they dropped. Um, They were a drop from season 11, New Orleans. They were a huge drop from season 12 in Atlanta. That part I wasn't surprised by because last week was such an anomaly that there was so much buzz for the show that I wasn't surprised that they got big ratings for decision day. But yeah, this season, they dropped in raw number from New Orleans and they dropped in the ever important 18 to 49 demographic. So that's my update for ratings. I don't even know if it means anything and if it has anything to do with the new schedule or if that's why the schedule is that way. Who knows? But I guess when we add season 14 to it, we can compare and see if there's a pattern. It depends on what these season 14 couples do. (laughs) If we have another Paige and Chris, we might get paid. I attribute all of the ratings to last season to Paige and Chris. Absolutely. So if you have another just like thing you can't believe your eyes every time you watch it, maybe they'll get those same same thing. Yeah, every time I talk to someone about maths, it's usually the same thing. Oh, I used to watch in the beginning, then I stopped, but I kind of came back last week because there's this talk about what's his name? This one guy that got someone pregnant. I'm like, okay, yeah, Chris. So it's the same story for a lot of people. So, like you said, we'll see what comes next season. Uh, So, we had told you guys that if you had a question for us, you should send it and maybe we'll answer it. Yes. um, We got a question from Greta. Thank you, Greta. And she said, I love the pod and appreciate that I don't have to watch the show every week, which is funny. (laughs) (laughs) Because I just wanted to submit a request for you to rank all the Ryans who have appeared on MAPS. I feel like there is a clear worst one, but I am stumped beyond that. <laughs> Thank you again, Greta. Um, this is a really good question because I think I forgot that we do have, much like the official food of MAPS is salmon, the official name of MAPS is Ryan. <laughs> so it, we went ahead and then we ranked it. So how are we going to do this, Aid? How are we, are we doing the five, four, three, two, one? Yeah, we'll just go back and forth. Okay. You want to start? And and I will start. And I will say the hardest part about ranking the Ryans was who was going to be on top. Because the bo- it was a race to the bottom, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> there have been some doozies. Yeah. I mean, and like she said, there's a clear worst. <laughs> I was shocked because, as you guys know, I have not watched all the seasons of Maths. I have watched all the seasons that feature a Ryan. My bottom Ryan was Ryan Danino slash Ole. I don't know why he has two last names. Maybe he's changed his last name since he was on maps. From season two, he was matched with Jessica. She had she had to get a restraining order against him because he threatened her and her family. No one will ever be able to be as worse as that Ryan. Tane? I mean, same. Again, like she said, there's a clear worst. It's really four to one. That is the question. He was just bad. 
even besides everything else that happened afterwards, he was just a horrible person to her, calling her trash, the whole thing about the money, and no, he was not a good person. So yeah, definitely the worst Ryan. So, so who is your number four? My number four is Ryan Buckley from the Boston season six, who was paired with Jacqueline. Ryan Buckley was just more than anything, a very, very irritating human being. <laughs> Nothing about him was like likable. I would not lie to you from the minute where Jacqueline said she liked him and she was attracted to him. When you see Jacqueline and the kind of person she is, I'm like, huh? But I don't know. She liked him for some reason, but no, he did. Very annoying. No. Who was yours? You just reminded me that Ryan and Jacqueline are one of one of those um, unequal attractive levels pairing. Yeah. She, she was very pretty and he was very average. Yeah. And my number four was also Ryan Buckley. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you have for number three? For number three, I have our current Ryan from Houston. Is he that bad? No. Is he that good? No. And that's why he's smack dab in the middle. You? Uh, looks like we're on a roll here. I have the same, our current season, Ryan. For exactly the same reasons that you said. I cannot say that Ryan is a terrible person. He just handled the whole situation with Brett wrong. But other than that, I do sometimes do enjoy Ryan. I enjoy his honesty because he really doesn't have time for bullshit. He just <laughs> says things. He says things as they should and moves on with it. But um, yeah, he seems like a really like decent person with flaws and aren't we all decent people with flaws kind of <laughs> we hope to be we hope to be we hope to be a, we strive i have a feeling that our lists are going to match perfectly so let's see what happens here okay next up i have ryan Ubre from atlanta okay um they do not match up <laughs> so in our whole list we have one discrepancy um yes so Ryan Ubre for Atlanta, honestly, his social media posts really make me like him. I just think he's very smart and very thoughtful. I don't know if he really handled his maths experience that great. Um, they said yes on decision day, which I think is kind of big. We still don't know what happened there. So I, I think that kind of affects my ranking of Ryan. We just don't know. But uh, he, he came off pretty good. He seems like a good person. <laughs> well, I mean... Since we have that one discrepancy, I would just speak on Ryan. I don't think you should be surprised that he was my number one. He was my biggest, you know, I was his biggest fan during the season. Um, I still, I understand why people side-eye Ryan. I very much do. I just cannot bring myself to. I just, he was a private person. He didn't want to talk about it. And other than that, though, I do think he was a great husband to Clara. I just, I don't know what I'd say was his fault. It was just him being too private. But I think in terms of like the experiment, he did what needed to be done, except get her off, which I guess is huge. But still, other than that, he didn't yell at her. He didn't tell her she wasn't good enough. And if even if that's how he felt and if that's the reason why they separated, he waited till there were no cameras and he wasn't a dick to Clara. So, yeah. I would actually say that he gets points for the fact that we don't know. Yeah. I think people ding him for being controlling, which I don't know I'm 100% on. They keep saying that he dimmed Clara's light, but I'm still not 100% in agreement with that. 
I would agree with that too. If he dimmed her light, we did not see it. So it's kind of like an attribution error. Like we don't, once again, we don't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my number two was clearly Ryan Ranaloni. Am I saying that right? No idea. (laughs) Sounds good to me. (laughs) I mean, he's number two. He's not number one. And he's probably a victim of no recent memory. It's just, I remember he was a good guy. And I remember he was being patient and he wanted it. But I don't remember anything else that really stood out to him. But in the land of mass husbands, he was a good husband. And he did all the things that he was supposed to do. I agree with you about Ryan Ranaloni. Weirdly enough, Ryan Ranaloni was married to a Jacqueline who spells her Jacqueline the exact same way as the other Jacqueline. There are a lot of different ways to spell Jacqueline. And so I consider it kind of like a glitch in the MAPS universe that there were two Ryan and Jacquelines who spell their names the same way. (laughs) (laughs) I had him as my number one just because maybe it is that recency bias. He just he was a good husband. He seemed like a good guy. There was nothing major or weird there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Greta. I hope we answered your question, but uh, yeah, again, when the season comes back, if you have any questions that you'd like for us to answer, maths related, you can send it in to us in our different formats and we'll be happy to answer them. So, since we talked about previous seasons, Tane, what's going on with our previous couples? All right, not much because it's a holiday weekend, but the biggest thing I will say is that we have just recently mentioned how we don't know what's going on with Amelia and Bennett, but we officially got their divorce filing. They officially filed for divorce on the 14th of October in 2021. Very sad, very expected. And I said it. (laughs) I said we would not, like, part of the reason why I doubted they were broken up is I'm like, where's the divorce filing? And it was if the universe heard me. (laughs) The internet sleuths got to work, started checking the things, and they're like, oh, there's their divorce filing. Yeah. And there's been a, I mean, he's been in New Orleans with his play, and a lot of the previous cast members have been going by to go see his play and support him. I think Henry went, and then Woody and Amani also went um, to see his play. So, I mean, good luck to them. I mean, as long as they're happier. Um, this is kind of late, but looks like Beth and Jamie are back in North Carolina. Permanently? I didn't. Yeah. Wow. Oh, temporarily until they decide. I didn't get a chance to, maybe they showed in the final, the finale of the couple's cam, but before that, they've been looking for where they want to move to. So they've been visiting different states, but then she was hinting about going back to the Carolinas, but she's been posting a lot of pictures. They've been posting a lot of pictures um, being back in North Carolina. So we'll see if they get the itch again. My bet is on that or if they decide to just stay. Okay. <laughs> um, in other news, a Jamie and Doug, who are now living in an RV with their kids, had a scary moment this week because while filming, I mean, they're just filming family time and her son, you know, is just having a good time and laughing. And then all of a sudden he had a seizure and then she films and we hear her just calling Doug to call 911 that he's turned and he's not doing so well. And it was so real and a little scary just watching in real, not in real time, but watching a video of him having a seizure because I can't imagine how scared she was for all the faults of Jamie or how much we, you know, shade her on here. That's a scary thing for a parent. She just watched the kid and not knowing what's happening. 
And, you know, the good news is that he's doing well now. He was fine. I forget the medical terminology for what happened, but seizures can be very scary. So hopefully it's not like a long time or an ailment that he has to deal with for the rest of his life. I don't have details on what it was, but he's doing fine now. I'm glad he's doing fine. I once again have to question. I, I Someone made the point that it's good that she filmed it because then she could show the doctor um, but I do not know why you posted that. I, 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 I judge, I judge hardcore. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just, I think I've moved past the point of wondering why she posts certain things because we, we've established that nothing is sacred for Jamie. You're yeah. correct. <laughs> Um, Miles and Karen have been talking about adopting a dog and they finally adopted one. And, you know, the dog is actually cute. I th- I find that I'm biased against the fluffy types of dogs and I don't have the type of dog that they got. I'm sorry, but it's, uh, it's cute, 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 cute. Oh, okay. Good for them. Uh, <laughs> and our beloved Mass fan, Mass fan is a favorite on the pod, um, she posted about Merla being on Hinge, the dating app. So I find that this season's cast, they're very big on dating. They talk about dating like, are you going to brunch? Like, all they <laughs> want to do is date. Like, all just date, date, date. Maybe I speak from a person who does not enjoy or did not enjoy dating, did not think it was fun, actually just thought it was just stressful, but the way they speak about it, you would think it's like a uh, an event that you should partake of every week. But yeah, Marla's on Hinge, ready to mingle. So, you know. I, I'm, I'm just going to say this. I'm like, wow, you really are married. Because, because as a single person, as a single person who, you know, goes out and talks to people now that we're, you know, past coronavirus a little bit, the topic of are you dating actually comes up very often. Well, what apps are you using? What are you doing? And then, it, like, especially when you're talking to other single people, this is a very natural topic of conversation. Do I enjoy it? Not really. <laughs> well, I, I find that, no, 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 I agree that that is a very natural conversation, but maybe it's my circle or whatever. I don't know a lot of people who think that dating is fun. Not that I don't know people, but I hear more people just say, like, I'm not, it's just stressful. It's a jungle out there. I don't want to do it versus the way they speak about dating, where it seems like it's just like this thing they can't wait to do. Like, that's what I mean. Like, it's a natural you know, topic of conversation, but the actual process of enjoying it is what I find is rare in my circle. I, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I do know people who really enjoyed dating, but these days yeah. it's like, wow, that was a long time ago. I'm, <laughs> I'm not one of them. um that's about it for social I think the one last thing I wanted to mention on social was I was going through you know the recent couples their socials are now open we can see things and we're looking through their Thanksgiving I'm not seeing Rachel posted something about Thanksgiving but didn't post her and Jose together so I'm questioning the fact if they're together I mean my money is on them not being together I've said it before I was like give them time um eventually I think they're going to separate but they didn't post any pictures of them together celebrating Thanksgiving. If I missed it, my apologies. But yeah, that's what I thought 
was interesting that neither of them posted pictures because it would be their second, their first official Thanksgiving where everyone knows the public knows that they're together, they're married. So it would be their first Thanksgiving period. But Masked Man already posted that they're broken up and they have been since like October or something. <laughs> See, this is what I get because I really, I promise you, I try to avoid spoilers like the plague. Every time I go on Mass Fan and I see spoilers, I'm, I jump out like a minefield. So I didn't know. Okay, well, okay. <laughs> then forget about I said anything. Well, eight, is there anything on the Reddit world? A <laughs> couple of interesting developments on the Reddit world. Thankful to the mods in the Married at First Sight subreddit. Um, because they started verified cast members. So now you can verify yourself as a cast member before you go on to post on Reddit, which is great. Um, and some people made an appearance. Merla, who I had not seen on Reddit before, is now on Reddit. Oh, God. Um, answering back to people. She and, I don't know if it's a great idea, but that's what they're doing. A couple weeks ago, uh, the Married at First Sight subreddit had a tournament where you could predict who would be together on decision day and who would be together by the reunion. Bao entered the competition. Okay. <laughs> it's like, but you know, because you were on the show. Um, and there wasn't a ton of options and most people went with like one option. So I have a feeling, even though there are rankings, I think that, you know, the probably the top few hundred people all got the right answer. But I think Bao came in like 16th or something. And she was on the show. <laughs> she was on the show. I was like, why did you win? So yeah, that's what's going on on Reddit. Okay. All right. Guys, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. And we are back and ready to talk about this week's Second part of the reunion. Yes, we are. So how did you feel about the episode? Did you prefer the first or the second? Mm, I preferred the second half, sort of, but I also think they didn't cover some things. Like, I think a lot of, like, Johnny's meanness, once again, was, like, not really addressed as much as I thought it would be. I actually felt like Kevin either didn't dig deep or they cut it out. Hmm. So for me, I preferred the first. I was looking forward to the second because I just prefer when they're all in the same room and you get to hash things out. But it didn't give what it was supposed to give. So to your point, I don't know if Kevin didn't dig deep. I'm trying to think. Were there questions that he didn't ask that we wanted him to ask? Or we were just over it at this point? Because I think that's where I was. I was just filled with immense dislike. This second reunion proved to me that this cast is one of the unlikable casts that we've had in a long time. I was just filled with annoyance a lot of the times. And I was counting down to, let's just close the chapter on this. So I don't know. I preferred the first one because I had a bunch of surprises at least. And I was like, whoa, I didn't know where this came from. So, yeah. All right. So let's get into it. Okay, so we pick up where we left off, and I don't know how I missed it because they repeated how they ended last time, but Kevin basically calls Michaela a pathological liar. <laughs> Did you catch that? Yes. <laughs> but like, did oh, he call her a pathological liar, or did he say, Zach, based on what you told me, Michaela is a pathological liar? 
I think it was more like, I think she should come into this room because as it stands, it seems like she's a pathological liar, <laughs> which, I mean, he could have said that with a more softer <laughs> word or something. <laughs> but, um, so Zach starts walking away and then Michaela does actually walk away as well. And we get captions, you know, of the producer talking to Zach, asking if anything Michaela said upset him. And I'm like, duh, like, what do you mean? And he's like, this is high school BS. I don't want to do it. And then they pull the classic, the producer that is, don't you want to just tell her that? And then we hear him tell Michaela. (laughs) Sorry, just the whole classic producer doing their thing. Yeah. You should tell her that and on camera where we can record you for our show. I wonder if they get extra bonuses. But each time you do X, you get an extra $500. <laughs> and then, but yeah, we hear him tell Michaela to just leave. And then he returns to set. So Zach says, after decision day, they're walking in the street. And she's yelling at him as he's driving. And, and he's driving because she was tipsy. And then she says she wants to get out the car. And he's like, what? And then she hits the car so hard that she breaks the window. <laughs> and then he says, he's done. I'm done. I'm not even trying to be friends with you. I'm done. Abe, let me ask you this. Two things. Do we believe this? Or is he capitalizing on the fact that based on Michaela's past history, this sounds like a plausible story? It, based on Michaela's past history, it sounds like a plausible story. But... Zach lied about something pretty major. So, I, I, Zach is a very confusing human to me. Okay. So I don't know if he's a liar, question- though. That's the part that I can't quite get around. Like, is Zach a liar or is he just a confusing human? I mean, he's a confusing human because, and then he's a terrible communicator. So, the reason why I, I was questioning the story, but I was like, is it possible? But Michaela in the back wasn't exactly saying no, that's not what happened. So, <laughs> that's what I was like, uh, ma'am, <laughs> now is your chance to say this is not true, but she wasn't. So I'm like, okay. So he says that, you know, something happened to her at work. I don't know what it could be, but he was not going to abandon her at this moment, which I thought was a buzzword. She's mentioned before how she hates being abandoned, and he's just like, I'm not going to abandon you, because what does Michaela do? Do we remember? She's supposed to be a real estate agent. (sighs) Okay, because I I asked that because I'm like, what exactly could have happened at work that would require you not abandoning her and requires you housing her in your house, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he tells her, okay, you can stay with me, and then we part ways after. Guys, not less than three seconds ago, he just said he was done. He's not even trying to be friends. He doesn't want to know, but how did he know something happened at work? You had to have contacted her afterwards to find out this thing happened. Oh, Zach. Anyways, so then he just slips it in that, you know, he does admit that in those four days they were intimate. What, Zach? And this is where I'm like, Zach might be a liar because you had insisted before that this never happened. And now you're saying, ah, wait, after this story that I told, it did happen. Why'd you lie about that? Yeah. Yeah. And then if you slept with her these four days and you're saying the one month anniversary, you didn't even kiss her. You weren't kissing her before. But I do remember he asked her to spend the night. 
So I don't know. I don't know. That's a lot of that's a lot of things to question. So then Kevin is on our side because he's like, okay, Zach, do you understand what you're saying? Doesn't make any <laughs> sense. And he's like, well, <laughs> I felt like I kept rejecting her and I felt bad again, this wanting to be Mr. Nice Guy, but also don't know how you keep rejecting somebody. And you feel bad. And the answer is like, you know what? I'm going to just give you some dick and confuse you even more. Like, what is the point? What I would is like the to know where in the nice guy playbook it says that you're supposed to have pity sex with someone. <laughs> where is it written? <laughs> so Kevin pushes back and he says like, um, but she said that she loved you. She said all these things and you're still confused and still he's like, yeah, I don't believe Michaela when she says she loves me. And he doesn't understand that, but he's not leading her on. Zach is the kind of person that would say, hey, do you want to meet me for lunch? And then we'll go to the movies after and then maybe I'll buy you dessert. And then the person tells their friend, oh, my God, we're going on a date. And Zach is like, why would you even think that we're going on a date? I just. I don't I don't know the words he uses or the understanding that he uses, but it's just really, really confusing for everyone involved. <laughs> so he does throw Dr. Pepper under the bus because at some point he throws his line like that after we had the line and Dr. Pepper kept saying that I'm forecasting the future. And then Kevin brings back up all the nice things that he said about her on decision day and that Michaela feels like he played her. And Zach is like, I don't understand what that means. And then whatever she means, she should text me what that what is wrong with this guy? I think it, I'm like, but but Zach, we were all there. We were all there. You said these things and then you said, No, I don't want to be married to her. I you, you and now you're trying to say, Oh, that didn't mean anything. How can you tell someone the best person you know, like your mother, the best person you know outside your mother? Beyond that, I think he even said, I can honestly say that I love you too, yes. or something something to that effect. And then the part that kills me again, he said he was done, but he just said she should text him. They can't sit in the same room, but oh no, please send me a text. I don't know. Zach, for someone who just wanted marriage his whole life, he seems to like toxicity or something. I don't know. So Kevin asks, why they just can't be cordial and just sit together and Michaela in the background is saying, why can't I just come in? Uh, because you asked to sit separately. So Zach says he doesn't want to have any more trivial childish conversation. And then he asked if she agreed to, to talk to you, then they could talk together then. But then he asked him how long before you date again? And to me, I was just thinking if Kevin, I don't know if he'd started dating Bao at this point or whatever, but I was like, if Kevin knew, why would he ask him that question about alleged, you know, allegedly dating Bao? Do you think Kevin had an idea or do you think I he do. didn't based or he was just being I do think he did based on other things that happened in the episode, but yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So Zach says... <laughs> To me, this was the biggest thing that Zach needs to just get his brain examined. Zach says that he is now questioning marriage. <laughs> this is a man, a Renaissance man, who told us he aspires to get married. This is all he wants in his life. He sobbed, not cried. He sobbed 
about this and now he's questioning marriage but please guys here's the kicker i still want kids i'm definitely going to have kids got it so he ends with you know Michaela looks nice. She's not a bad person at all. She's a good person. I'll always be there for her. If there's anything she needs, I'll call her again. He said, I'm done. I don't want to have any communication. Uh, uh, this is crazy. So that was how they ended. And then we get Bao and Johnny. And Kevin is all like, you know, they seem like a perfect match. And Bao is like, I don't agree with that. <laughs> And then Kevin is like, oh, you don't? And she's like, yeah, because we have fundamental differences, but we were similar in ways that were not complementary. That was a lot of words because I don't know what she was trying to say there, but yeah. She was trying to say they were a bad match. <laughs> okay. And as many words as possible. <laughs> so Bao says she's doing good now because it's done and she's happy. And Johnny says he's doing good because he left for the divorce, but uh, a good group of people. And they've seen each other around at some events. And Kevin asked their good memories. And I'm like, ugh, again? Didn't we get this on Decision Day where they asked each of them what their good memories were? And she does say that their wedding is still one of the best days of her life. They play an unseen moment, which was them playing role play. And she's giving him a massage and all that good stuff. That has to be awkward to watch, especially when you're in terrible terms with someone. So... Kevin asked her when things went south for her, and she says she doesn't exactly know, but from the very beginning, what she does know is that she felt more judged. So they asked Johnny the same question, and Johnny says it was right before they talked to Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper separately, and he went in wanting to say he's done, but Bao changed his mind. And when they went to the coffee shop and they weren't, you know, optimistic, Pascal, I guess, wasn't optimistic about both of them. It was like it bothered him. Here's the thing. As we go further, we're going to see Johnny just keep blaming Bao for his actions, because in so many words, he just said that Bao changed his mind. And he always reminds me of, for those of you who watch The Real Houses of Beverly Hills, I know I'm biased towards LVP, but Renna and them are very always quick to say LVP manipulated me. We are talking about women in their late 40s who keep accusing another grown woman of letting them say or do what it is that they want to do. So I feel like if Johnny wants to take responsibility for what he did, then just go ahead and do that. But don't say, Bao changed your mind. Bao just expressed how she felt that if you say no on decision day, that is a no for me. And in context, I think they were also responding to Zach's zigzag of a conversation where he said we're gonna say no but we're gonna date after and then Bao just expressed himself but Johnny's taking that to mean that it was kind of like a veiled threat was that your understanding too that was my understanding and it was absolutely I wouldn't say it was bonkers because even at the time I was like is she trying to convince him to say yes so she can say no (laughs) so Johnny I mean you have to own your own choices yeah. Especially after the fact, you really have to own your own choices. So it's rather yeah. shocking to me that weeks and weeks later, he's still like, oh, Bao made me do it. Yeah. Because she told Four me what months. no meant to her. Four months after. So, yeah, they play a montage of their fights. And Kevin asked Johnny, you know, when he said there's so many things I could say. And he asked Johnny, what are the so many things that you could say? 
And he just says it again, but he feels like the one thing he wants to say is that he feels like he could not speak his mind freely because early on they agreed that they will talk about things off camera first. Bao had told him that she had social anxiety and so they had a lot of conversations off camera. And looking back, he wishes that they had not done that because they missed so much. And, you know, when he was still holding back, Bao is like, I mean, just say what are the things that you feel that was off camera that was so different. She says she would volunteer something because one thing is she didn't want to talk about their sex life on camera because she worried about her life and her job. And she doesn't think it was calculating or duplicitous of her. And all I kept thinking was, wait, all the things that we saw was still stuff being not talked about because I feel like they talked about a lot. <laughs> we saw them role play. We saw them have some sexual moments. We saw her ask for sex all the time. We saw them spank each other. I don't. I mean, so what was left off camera again? <laughs> and I, you know, lying can be very like black and white. But I'm like, couple after couple have come on this show and lied about when they had sex. Some have mm-hmm. been successful. Some have been unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. It's just not a thing to, like, I always think you guys just have to come to an agreement about how you're going to handle it. And I guess Johnny's point is why we didn't come to an agreement. I was just told how it was going to be, and then I went along with it. Yeah. But why is that so hard? Like, why? I don't get that. I don't know. I, I think, think he's, he's just And she's the one who like raised that one, right? Yes, she said she's a volunteer. I think Johnny's full of crap because once again, he can never come up with an example. It is like maddening. Just one example. It's all feelings. Yeah, and feelings are not facts, people. So Kevin asked if they hid when they consummated the marriage, and she said yes because she wanted them to be on the same page. Johnny thinks that, you know, she needs to present herself a certain way to look good. And Bao is just not having it. She's like, what? In what way do I present myself to look good? Say it and give examples. Because if that was true, I wouldn't open up about my deep vulnerabilities with you. And she said she had opened up, but she felt judged by him. And Kevin asks if she knows why Johnny calls her fake. And Johnny says, have you ever planned a conversation for the show? And she says, uh, if it's like a serious talk, yes, I will plan those talks ahead of time. And, you know, Johnny continues and is like, he signed up for this being comfortable with who he is and comfortable being filmed. And he wanted their love story to be captured. But what ended up happening was a lot of the things were off camera. So a lot of their story was not on there. This is the second time he's saying this. So she gives context because a lot of something we're missing with maps. We miss a lot of context. and. She says that her family didn't want to be filmed. I don't think that we noticed that. Did you notice that, Abe? Her parents were at the wedding, but, like, even the day after meetup, he met up with her brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I could see, and we didn't really see her family very much, yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't even something I noticed, per se, until she just mentioned it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) So... She says her family didn't want to be filmed. So to her, she's like, let's meet with them, see what they're comfortable with and get them, you know, to kind of be comfortable and maybe we'll get them to film. And Kevin is like, that doesn't sound too bad. And it doesn't (laughs) sound too bad to me. But again, the fact of the matter is 
Johnny does not love, like bow. So it doesn't matter what she does. Everything is automatically wrong. And I don't know why he won't just admit that. So he says the only time he got the real bow was when he cut her off guard and trust was lost in the relationship. So I have something to say. I hope it's not too terrible. I mean, I'm familiar with anxiety, but I do think that, not to penalize, but I do think that if you do suffer from social anxiety, I actually think that should be a disqualifier from you being on the show. I don't really agree with that. I understand that. The reason why I say that is we saw twice. I don't know if I knew about Bows, but I'll give an example of maybe Zach, where to the point where Zach was so uncomfortable, where he said his anxiety is at its peak. It's because it seems like it's just anxiety, but if it's going to affect your health in any way, whether mental, whether physical, I just don't think it's worth it. There's a lot of pressure with being filming, not just the relationships. Relationships are hard already with people you know, talk to some people you don't know. Then you have to be filmed. Then you have to be asked questions. Then you have to open your life up to a bunch of people about it. I don't necessarily think that it is helpful to the mental health, to me, because you don't know how it's going to play out. So it's a huge gamble to take that on, not knowing what the lasting quote-unquote, damage or effect is going to be. Yeah, but I think that it affects everybody, people with anxiety, people without anxiety. It's up to you if you want to try to do this. Another thing is he's like, well, she pre-planning conversations. I actually, like, wanted to laugh. It is well known that they do not film these people 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It is well known that they recreate conversations. If something happens, and all couples, if something happens off camera and they need to talk about it on camera, the producers will plan the conversation and they will redo the conversation. Yeah. So I, this is why I'm like, Johnny, why are you so full of it? Like, but back to your original point, which is should people within, like, if Bao's social anxiety just means that she wants to plan conversations beforehand or she wants to think about what she's going to say before she says it, that doesn't sound like a terrible toll on her mental health or disqualifying in any way. Yeah, I mean, I understand it. I think when I say these things, I mean it as let's not even find out because it could go either way. It may or it may not affect you. But for me, I always say like, I don't even know if it's worth the gamble to find out because think of like an alcoholic or someone who everybody handles alcohol differently. So I could say one person, if you take a drink and eh, it's not going to be really the end of the world, you're going to be OK. But somebody else who might be in close proximity to alcohol might just not handle it the same way. But do I want to find out? No, I don't. So I think it's just that risk that I always think, like, is it worth it where you're not? comfortable with the cameras and you're going to be not your best self I guess so that's my thought process on that but he said seeing someone that was so worried about how they came off it made him wonder what else she was hiding from him and then he said at some point he felt like she was playing victim and pointing blame at him yeah <laughs> Unfortunately, when things are your fault, people will say that they're your fault. Those are bad things in life, Johnny. And also, like, you were complaining about her. So why is she, like, that? what are you talking, why is she not allowed to complain about you? Because Johnny's perfect, don't you know? So Kevin asked Johnny why he wanted to stay married. 
And he starts with, I was breaking down. And he felt like she succeeded in her deep quest to break him down. And she's <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Johnny says that Bao made it clear that no meant we were done. And that's why he said yes. And he thought maybe he would get a new bow outside of this as soon as the cameras are off. And she's like, nope, this is a real me. And I care about how I look like any normal human being does. You got mm-hmm. all of me. You just didn't like what you got. And then my the heavens partied and the angels sang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, I because, drop. <laughs> and, and I love, I, like, why is it so difficult to just say, like, I didn't like you? I, mm-hmm. Or we weren't compatible or we weren't meant to be, like, I don't know why Johnny struggles with this so much. Mm-hmm. He said that the chemistry is either here or it's not and it wasn't there. But it was marriage, so he tried, which makes absolutely no sense based on what he said before. Because once again, why did you say yes on decision day if there was no chemistry? And he said there was no feeling of warmth or affection. And she said she was making an effort, and it showed, but it's never good enough. Ding, ding, ding. Kevin asks how things are going now that this is over. She says she's back in her house. She's feeling good. She's happier. Um, the insight she got into herself is that she's more patient than she thought she was, and she's still ready to be married. Johnny says that since decision day, he's had a lot of negative feelings about the process. It's hard to talk about today because it's already aired out. Kevin says it's good that Bao could hear. Um, I don't think that's good. I don't understand what Bao got out of hearing the same stuff that she heard for from him before. I disagree with Kevin. Yeah. I think I chuckled when he said he's doing relationship therapy. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, I hope he's working on himself in relationship therapy. I don't know what relationship therapy is when you're single, though. Isn't that just regular therapy? Well, he's married, technically. <laughs> <laughs> he says that he's been dating someone new for about a month, and she's affectionate. What a About- dig. <laughs> Bao says that she's gone on a date but she doesn't want to talk about that much and she'll find her happiness this is where I was I agree with Tane you brought up before Zach being pressed about if he's dating I have a mm-hmm. feeling that Zach and Bao went on a date before this reunion okay yeah we're going to talk about it because they in the where are they now? And they talk about the date that they went on. They, everything seems to have been filmed after the reunion. Correct. But I was going to bring up that I don't necessarily think that that was their first date. It didn't feel like it. Uh, correct. I was like, this is not your first date. This is the first date that you did after the reunion because that's when they were filming. Where are they now? Yeah. And it makes me wonder, did Kevin know? Did production know? Were they saving that storyline? Because they could have easily brought it up at the reunion, and it would have made for a much more exciting reunion. Yes, it would have. So that's why I went back and forth. Is like, did they know? But maybe they were respecting their privacy. Because respecting we don't their know privacy the as if these people would. <laughs> I don't know when the rest of the cast found out, so... <laughs> Uh, Kevin asks if Johnny is dating someone who we might all know, and Johnny laughs that there were rumors he was dating a cast member, and Kevin says, you've been spending a lot of time with Mirla, Um, and Bao said, we've all heard rumors, there's a lot swirling around. Um, He says he loves Mirla, it would be fun, he doesn't find anything he couldn't accommodate to, I laughed my ass off. 
<laughs> Why did you laugh? Johnny thinks that he can accommodate Mirla? I mean, it was just a dig to bow as if, oh, I couldn't accommodate your stuff, but I could totally do Mirla. And I'm like, I don't really think you could. Uh, I feel like I don't want to say a lot about the where are they now, but I do think that Johnny has a crush on Merla, but that's besides the point. (laughs) (laughs) He mentions that he has heard that on Australia they do spouse swapping, and he thought that might be a good idea. And Bao like, did my husband propose trading me off like cattle? (laughs) I do want to say, shout out to the Australian version, but the way he framed it, like, as a spouse swap, it's more like they're cheating with each other. (laughs) It's not like they're like, oh, this works better. Like, when he said it, I'm like, anyone who doesn't watch it is going to think, oh, it doesn't work out. You guys switch out. No, they cheat. They lie to their partners and they get with each other. There's only one exception where the experts allowed two cheating spouses to actually become a couple and they continue the experiment as a couple. But other than that, all they do is cheat. So, yeah, don't make it nice, Johnny. (laughs) Um, Kevin asked if Johnny is willing to trade Bao for Merla, and Bao is laughing. And they go through and they do like potential switches and matching. Uh, Brett and Gil would have been a good match, Johnny said. Bao agrees. Bao and Brian. No, I don't believe in any of these matches. Um, (laughs) they say to keep Jose and Rachel. They match Bao and Ryan. I actually don't think that's a terrible match. I, I just can't see it, really. Um, Johnny and Mirla. And then Bao said Bao and Zach wouldn't be bad either. I don't know why she's dropping hints like that. <laughs> uh, telling on herself. But th- that's what I mean, though. <laughs> yeah. About not believing them. That Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. So Kevin sits down for a chat with the ladies. They're all wearing red and green. So he's like, man, it looks like Christmas in here. Which I'm like, well, if you guys are going to extend the show out, it's good that you're in theme. We're in the holiday season now. Um, (laughs) They talk about all liking each other. This reminds me, um, last week when I met Ryan, I did ask him about, we had heard rumors about some sort of big blow up that happened during a girl scene where Michaela flipped out. And that's why we didn't see too much of the girls all together. And Ryan confirmed that this incident did happen. Oh, my God. (laughs) He said he wasn't there, obviously, because it was a girl meetup. But he's like, no, it happened. And he said that I don't know if it was production or if it was one of the other ladies who were asking her about sex, because, you know, these people are always asking about sex. And Michaela blew up and started getting very vulgar. Like, I think Ryan used the word, like, pussy. Like, you want to talk about my pussy? And he did, like, a hand motion either. (laughs) So apparently it was, like, a very um, vulgar and uh, impassioned, like, how dare you ask me about my personal life thing that kind of put the other ladies, I mean, they were there. I assume that if I watched someone blow up like that, I would just want to steer clear. Yeah, I kept watching this group thing. Like, what are the dynamics? How is Bao acting towards Michaela? How is Michaela with the rest of the group? Because this group as a whole, it's clear that they're in factions. Mm-hmm. So I was just trying to see anything, but that's very interesting. So it is confirmed. 
I wonder how they moved past it. Well, she wasn't at that one meetup. Maybe it was just time or I maybe she apologized. I really don't know. But yeah, you're right. There are factions. They were pleasant to each other for this chat, but I don't see them, all five of them, ever being together again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, like, even based on social media, the three that hang out are Merla, Rachel, who are besties, and um, Brett. Hmm. Yeah, I don't see anything with Bao, I don't see anything with Michaela. So, Michaela and Gil are who hang out, so that's about it, so... So they start this segment by showing Michaela at the bachelorette party having a good time. They ask Val what she thinks. She was like, she was having the time of her life. Um, and that this was the, the winter storm was coming. So that makes me also think there must have been a huge break between when they did the bachelor and bachelorette parties and when they did the weddings, like weeks. They had to have been, because if you remember when Rachel went to Jose's house, Oh, Jose went to Rachel's house and she had water or something and mentioned someone mentioned the winter storm was coming. So I had like a whole bunch of water or something like that. So that tracks. They bring up Brett and her two years and she, of not having sex and that she was the only one who didn't consummate her marriage. Um, she basically is like, I'm so tired of talking about it and hearing about it but that she did it to herself. She actually has a pretty good attitude about that. Like, I like how she's like, I'm tired of talking about it, but whatever. Um, Kevin tried to ask her if there was a fear of intimacy. She did not even let him finish. She's like, no fear, none fear here. She's just like, if I don't have an emotional connection, it's not happening. And she's ready on every level to be intimate, emotional, physical, spiritual. (laughs) Michaela, see, this is the type of stuff that I'm like, can we dig into this? Because Michaela said she doesn't like Ryan. She felt he was more invested in her and Zach's relationship than she was, than he was in his own. And Kevin says she's never sat on a feeling. That's not the point here. I want to hear more about why Michaela thinks that. What happened? Uh, I know. I have that on there, too. I'm like, why do we not know? And then there wasn't even a follow-up with Ryan, on the other hand. So, mm. I, I mean, isn't it safe to say that we hyped Kevin so much and Kevin let us down? I think it's a little safe to say that. But I love how I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. It was editing. <laughs> Um, they talk about whether Bao made a spreadsheet for decision day. She says she didn't. Brett says she has to be lying. Rachel and Jose, Rachel kind of announces to the group that they're back together and they're going to try to make it work. This is new information for Mirla and Brett. We're supposed to believe. I don't know if I believe that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's no way Mirla didn't know. But she seemed surprised. I'm like, did they decide to get up because, get back together because they went, no, because they've been hanging out before that. I don't know, man. Um, everybody is like, oh, that's great. Um, Marilyn says, as long as you're happy. Talk, they talk about Marilyn and Gil. Kevin says it was a shocker. Val says she thought they were happy and didn't expect it. Um, Rachel says she was shocked. Mirla says that he didn't bring out the best in her, and she references him calling her a diva and high maintenance. This is where Kevin actually pissed me off. Um, Kevin's like, well, you know, he says his family makes fun of him, and that's how they show love. And while on one hand, if someone thinks they are showing love to you by being mean to you, it's kind of on you to be like, nope, nope, nope. 
And we yeah. don't know if Mirla ever did that. Yeah, because all we saw and part of what we here gave her credit for was that she was rolling with it and just took it as banter. Actually, going back, no. When we looked at the confessional, she was like, oh, he calls me a prince or whatever. But that's how I like that we have that banter going on between us. So, you know, you know, I have my thoughts on this 180 that Merla did. So I don't know. I, I just think this is part. If we're saying John is calling bullshit, I do think Merla's calling bullshit on this. What do you mean? In terms of like her suddenly saying that she didn't appreciate it. But during the whole thing, she never said anything. So uh, what, to your point where you said um, maybe she did tell him, like, I didn't like it, like you saying this. And I'm saying that no, but in confessional, she actually said he makes fun of me, but that's OK. I like that, you know, we take we joke on each other and we have banter. So she besides not saying anything, she actually said it as a positive thing about him and their relationship. So it's very mysterious now. A, at the point that you didn't like it. Did you warn yeah. him like, hey, I don't like this. Please stop. Or were you just like, you know what? I'm done. Goodbye. <laughs> I've decided that this bothers yeah. me now and I'm done. Which would be strange because Merla is very honest and direct. Yep. So I don't know. They air a package of Merla moments. Just Merla being Merla. Um, and they all laugh about it. And Merla says she feels special. Brett says that Mirla is unapologetically herself and that she might nice things. She might like nice things, but she'd give you the clothes off her back. And Mirla says she worked for it and she wants to spend her money that way. And, you know, we basically said that the whole season. It's just like, yeah, it's just a little interesting. Um, Kevin accuses her of being a diva and she defends herself and says that these are not the, the only things that give her joy. There are other things in life that make her happy. And I think she resents the implication that that's all who she is. Yeah. I think I would, too. (laughs) All right, guys. Time for another break. And we are back with Kevin sitting down with the experts. I was just kind of like, uh, the experts to talk their nonsense. (laughs) This is a segment where they come to blame everybody else but themselves. Oh, ain't that the truth? I always have trouble with this premise. Um, that these marriages would just work if the people in them would do X different or Y different or Z different. And there is no space made for the idea that maybe you did make good matches, but maybe these people are incompatible and that is okay. It's like the experts always bother me because they can't seem to accept that it's okay if the marriage doesn't work out. Yeah. But you should still have strong stances as to why you match them, not like bullshit reasons why. And then we just readily accept maybe this was the blind spots we had that maybe this might not have worked out. But nope, we don't even get that. I was shocked when Dr. Viviana tried to convince us that these are the best matches we've ever had. Not because I thought these were particularly worse or better than others, but that's exactly why I was like, what was so stupendously great about these matches that you were patting yourself on the back before any of these people even met each other? 
I think she mistook all most of them being in their thirties, except Zach as being the best decision ever. Which, if that is something that you tried and considered, just say that. Like we thought this yeah. would work well because we went with an older crowd, but no, no, no. It's just the blame game. Yeah. Dr. Pepper's biggest surprise was that Bow and Johnny didn't work out, and that they thought Gil and Mirla would go off into the sunset. Okay. <laughs> Zach and Michaela, Pastor Cal says if they'd just been open with each other and talked about their fears, they would have had a real shot. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Kevin tries to say Michaela's reaction seemed to be a bit of a problem. And Pastor Cal is like, oh, yeah, there was that. Then he takes mm. off his glasses. <laughs> and Pastor Cal says <laughs> Michaela was ready. No, of all the things you'll never convince me is that Michaela was ready to be married to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, it's Zach, that his reactions to her flipping out was horror instead of helper. He could have been more supportive, and she deserved that support. Tay, what do you think? I mean, we touched on this a little bit, and I'm torn on that because this is not the first time Dr. Pepper is accusing Zach of not helping her. We say it a lot when the genders are mixed, where it is not the job of the person to quote unquote fix this person. I kind of think I get what she's trying to say, but I don't think I agree with her. Michaela had a problem that was beyond being fixed by a spouse. That's the best way I can put it. So she needs to stop with that angle. Like where, where, how, especially if, which is probably why they didn't include it in the show, if we're confirming that Michaela also had a blowout with the women, how is Zach supposed to fix that? (laughs) I just, I don't get it. This person has a problem that they need to work on or is a huge flaw that the family has acknowledged has happened. This is not Zach's problem to fix. In addition to just getting to know her, he can't fix it in eight weeks and work on their relationship. So Dr. Pepper, no. (sighs) <sighs> I was really annoyed by that. I, it felt very, to me, it, I don't blame the victim might be a little bit too much, but that's how it felt to me. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't have matched him. How about that? How about that? <laughs> Next, they move on to Brett and Ryan. And Kevin says, you know, he wasn't her type. Once again, mm-hmm. we have no idea what Ryan's type is. Pastor well, Cal uses his old canard. Well, if you've been dating your type and it's not working, maybe we need to get you out of your silo. But to go back to the type thing, I think, again, I, we've, we've talked about it a little bit, was just like, and he mentioned on the show, he just doesn't like redheads for some reason. <laughs> and that's the most glaring thing about Brett, which is the funniest thing. That is, the, <laughs> and She's not a real show. redhead. It kills me. I understand that, but it's still whatever color she bought, or chose is very glaring. She's a redhead. That's how you describe her. If you don't know anything about her, you want to describe that woman in line, you're going to say that redhead. <laughs> Pastor Cal dismisses this dislike of redheads. He says, I don't like your hair. This is your spouse. <laughs> <laughs> Mirla and Gil, Dr. Viviana says they were all shocked that they were a slow burn couple who seemed like they were on the page, same page, and it's still a mystery. Pastor Cal says they have potential. And once again, he's like, it's the fear. Some people are afraid of success. They magnify issues and make mountains out of molehills. And that Mirla is scared 
of success. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, wrong. I know. I think Pastor Carl was so off the mark on this. I don't even know how to how to measure it. Nah, I don't think so. So we get an extended scene of Mirla when she met up with Dr. Pepper and she was a little tipsy. It was actually much worse than we saw. (laughs) (laughs) And someone makes reference to Hot Girl Summer and Dr. Pepper has no idea what Hot Girl Summer is. And Dr. Pepper says she felt disrespected and kind of offended. Like, why would she show up to this kind of important meeting drunk? And you don't have a bunch of drinks by accident. I'm like, yeah, you do. (laughs) And (laughs) takes it back to Pastor Cow's thoughts on Mirla being scared. I agree that it is rude to show up to something drunk. Um, Yeah. I don't know if I take it that seriously, though. Well, I think she's trying to tie it to the breakup. Like, if they didn't break up, she's not going to bring that up. But she's saying, in retrospect, that should have been a hint. That if she's getting drunk before this or needing liquid courage to talk about this, maybe there were underlying things that she needed, you know, to pep herself up for to talk about. I think she was trying to tie that in. I don't know if it's fact or not. I think going back to the whole Ryan thing, you know my case, and I'm going to start this campaign, and I need the math, so whoever is listening, to start with this way. I still stand by... Just make sure they're attracted to each other at the altar and everything will be okay. Like, we live in a shallow world. Stop expecting the best out of people. Listen, we as human beings, we ain't shit. So stop expecting us to show our best at the stuff. Get people that they're attracted to and they'll be more inclined to work on it. Because I think majority of the people that didn't work is because they weren't attracted to the people. And then Brie and Vince, they're attracted to each other in the, on the altar. I don't know if it's science, but I think it gives a head start. I That's agree it gives like- a head start. But I also am like, they're working with a limited pool here. I don't think, you can try to get close. They say they look at pictures of who they've dated before. But I don't think you can nope. always guarantee that you're going to get who they have told you that they are attracted to. That is very all well and good, but let's start there and don't give people <laughs> things that were on their no-no list. If someone tells you they don't like a redhead, don't give them a redhead. Like, he actually expressed that, so don't do that. And I think also, if you make it, let me put two in one, if you make the show once a year, maybe you will have time <laughs> <laughs> to increase your bank. Anyway, so... They move on to Johnny and Bao, and Kevin brings up a good question of how Bao seemed to be high maintenance, you know, before the weddings, but was the complete opposite when they got married. I thought the same thing, so I thought it was a good question. But then Viviana seems to back up Johnny and says how she tried to say it in the very nicest way possible, but said Bao does have some underlying calculation going on to make things go her way, to help with her anxiety, and then throws in the equivalent of an LOL when you say something like, but we all have that, don't we? I'm like, what? (laughs) Why? I I, I might die on this hill, but I'm just like, why are coping mechanisms for anxiety some sort of nefarious thing? She, because to me, I don't think she's saying that in that way. 
I don't think there's anything wrong with Bar- like the way Johnny or says it. You would think that she went behind, got an army, and said to trap Johnny, put him <laughs> at guns point, and said you must do this. When all the girl was saying was like, it's like being a very, a very structured person who's organized and trying to organize things in their way. But I think Vivian, Doctor, oh sorry, I just nearly pulled a Ryan and said Viviana. I think Doctor Viviana was literally just trying to say that she's manipulative. But did, she can't say it because she's an expert. I don't think I don't even think that she thinks that she has the anxiety she speaks of. But I don't, I'm not putting words in her mouth. It's just my perception of it because I don't know as a ther- what she's a therapist, right, or a psychiatrist? Sex therapist? Well, oh yeah. I don't know. She brought it up. Like she brought up something about a behavior disorder later. But as a therapist, I would think that she would be the one to see this clearly. Like, hey, she's just doing this to cope. But the way she said it, to call it an underlying calculation, you do not believe that that's what it is. So, yeah. So, Pastor Cal disagrees. Yay, Pastor Cal. (laughs) And he says he doesn't think that Bao is manipulative that what she is, is logical. And that's what I think too. So maybe we're all on sides or whatever, but that's just what I think it is. Bao is an overthinker. Bao tends to think things through and she's not doing it. And again, I don't know this woman from Adam. And when the uh, Judas of a best friend said she was manipulative, (laughs) Bao also said, I may have done some things. So I don't know. I could be the idiot. (laughs) So Dr. Viviana says that Johnny says, yes on decision day to be like hey what if i can see a different side of you and the cameras are off and i'm like wow dr viviana is clearly team johnny here but okay (laughs) interesting choice um they move on to rose and dr pepper says she's not a fan of (laughs) (laughs) one shot you're one shot to have a successful couple this weekend but even dr pepper is like i see it and i don't like it And she said it from the beginning, but today she's like, he has a huge anger he needs to work on. (laughs) And he's controlling, and he doesn't understand the extent of it. And Rachel has every right to be hesitant about a man that would do that to her. For a split second, I wondered if something else happened that they did not show us. But I don't know. So Dr. Viviana says, oh yeah, this is what she says, as a therapist, She knows that control is about dealing with anxiety. So you have to deal with the anxiety and don't try to put her in a little cage. So I don't know if that also applies to Bao, Bao, but yeah, that's what she said. So the experts then, I think that that was the little segment that they had on them. And then they bring out Rosé, Jose and Rachel together. And you could tell that Jose was nervous. He was just his feet just shaking them back and forth. And Jose says that this is the hardest thing that he had to do. And Rachel tells him that, you know, readjustment after the cameras were gone were hard. So Pastor Kyle asked what changed Um, when Rachel said she was done, that how did they get back to talking? And Jose dominates the conversation and said what changed is him doing the work, him doing, saying, let's talk, let's have this conversation. It's what I wanted. And it's reassuring that she agrees. So I just find it interesting that he was basically giving himself accolades, but then also speaking for her and you're proving their point. 
Oh, because so she didn't bad. get to answer the question. <laughs> I could. I, Jose is the probably the man on the show who I'm like the most. I'm like I could not. Yeah. How can you try to speak for someone when technically you're in a therapy session? I mean, it's a TV therapy session, but it's still somewhat of a therapy session. Why are you talking for her? Mhm. Yeah. I was like, well, at this point, that's a purpose. Like, see this guy, <laughs> this guy. But I mean, I I wish they asked her again. But for you, Rachel, what changed for you? But I mean, that didn't happen. But Pascal, I think, asked her, what were the things that you needed? And she said they have simple arguments, but it's how they argue that they're passive aggressive and it gets like sometimes they're being mean. I don't know if it's to each other or if it's just Jose being mean to her. I don't know. But she just said that um, they usually mean the fights that they have. So Dr. Pepper tells him to his face that he has anger and needs professional help. (laughs) I couldn't believe she said that. Rachel does say that he's done better with the tone and, you know, she will move back as soon as it feels like their own home. So Rachel says that they're taking it slow and they're only seeing each other two to three times a week. Um, Pascal gets animated as he tells them and gives them kudos for working through difficult times. For those of you who are new to maths, Pastor Cal gets a kick out of telling people to suffer and smile through their marriages. Like, it doesn't matter how bad it is. Pastor Cal will give you a speech and tell you, like, you have to do what you need to do. And his playbook is he gives an example from his marriage. And then as the people give him blank stares. But, yeah, he gives them kudos for walk, for working through their difficult times. Um, I, I think it would have been good to know... Why Rachel came back And I just kind of feel like Something huge Must have happened again for her to separate I just feel like we're not getting the full story With them if that makes any sense Um Yeah but I also I'm never surprised when Rachel comes back Because She can sit there and list Many many positive attributes about Jose And I don't think she's lying I truly think that he is like this But there are these huge negatives. Like, I feel like there's a classic example of, like, he's really great, but... And there's this one thing that you're like... But you understand that with that one thing, he's not that great? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then we get Merla and Gil. So Dr. Pepper is not happy. And she's like, I am confused. Because Merla seemed like you had a great like for him. And they play the clip of her gushing and tearing up for Gil and all the things that he does for her and his consistency. And, you know, by the time they're done with this, Gil is tearing up and says he was blindsided by how everything went down. And if she felt a certain way and he and he never knew it, like that's what really gets to him, that he feels like it was a little unfair and it was obviously something they could have talked about. I was with him on everything except the obviously something they could have talked about because I think Merla is like done done. There's nothing he could have done. But at the same time, he says he doesn't want to be with someone who doesn't want him, but he just wishes that she was honest and told him, I like you, but I'm not feeling it. But what he got was I'm in it. 
with you. But Merla insists that she was honest from jump, that she didn't feel instant chemistry and it grew. She says she was truly happy and things happened and she didn't know. And then one day she just communicated it when it happened. Aiden, I'm really curious to see what your thoughts are this week after, you know, this episode, because I remember last episode with Jen, you guys thought there was no way he didn't know. But do you think she handled this wrong? Because I still think she did. There are two sides to every story. So I can respect that Gil feels a certain way and he's entitled to feel that way. But I can also understand if Mirla is saying, well, I didn't give you hints. I was not playing songs in the house, you know, like Jen talked about last week. She just woke up one day and was like, you know what? I don't like this anymore. But then later on, she says something that is a little bit more of a clue as to what she didn't like. And then, of course, Kevin didn't get into it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That is true. It's funny. We got a tweet this week that said that also call masks are the only people in the in the world who are supporting Merla. <laughs> I wouldn't call it supporting Merla. It's just <laughs> we're not automatically Team Gil. Merla is the devil. Like Yes. <laughs> we're yeah. Yeah. So um Dr. Pepper is not having it and she's like I want to know what flipped. Like what really happened and I want specifics. I think that's a fair question. And Merla said that things happened after decision day that did not make her feel safe that he could make sound financial decisions for them. We need to know what that is. <sighs> and I would also blame Merla because if there's something financial, something he signed, something that was just like, I don't trust you about money after you made this very, very like impactful decision, then we need to know what that was. Her introducing this whole attraction element, it feels like that too. And that's the part that I really don't think she made very clear. Like, y'all were having sex and stuff. Like, what do you mean? Oh, the attraction and the chemistry weren't there. And that's part of the reason why I broke up with you. I'm not sure that I believe that part. Or I think it was true all the time and she didn't say anything. And then (laughs) something happened with the money. And she's like, oh, no, 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 I'm done. So I was really thinking it was about the money until Pastor Cal put down all her his stuff about her being scared and his him being broke and his when he met his wife and Merla not wanting to build with him. And then Merla said it was not about the finances. It was about the chemistry. So now at the point where your reasons start changing, I don't know what to believe. And I hate to be so, so basic because I really hate when people just boil everything down to sex. But I am more inclined to think about the chemistry as the reason. And when I say chemistry, I don't mean between them because I don't care what she says. They had chemistry. We saw it. We saw her always touching him. We saw her always saying he was handsome. He may not have been her typical type. But she always said he was handsome. Like Merla would be the kind of person that would be embarrassed by a certain kind of person. She was not embarrassed by Gil. Like she was proud to have him on her arm. I just think it's a Haley Jake situation where the sex was whack. <laughs> That's your theory? 
Yes. Because this theory. makes me... Huh, it doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry. I don't care. She's not that good of an actress. Merla is too much of... If she doesn't like something, she's going to let you know. She was always hands-on on him, always touchy-feely, always all that kind of stuff. They just had sex right before decision day. I'm a woman. I know what it's like. You have sex with someone, you're like, ah, maybe it'll get better. Ah, most times it doesn't. But you convince yourself that it is because, you know, they have every other quality that, you know, you like. And then she got into it. And again, we said it before in passing, before we knew all of this, that if Marla doesn't like something, she's going to speak up. But in this case, she has the decency not to, quote unquote, shame him and make it like a big deal and just say the chemistry is not there and move on. Because she kept saying it's not about the finances. Marla is good on her own. I think Marla can protect her finances. And if she had an issue with the finances, I think that would have come up if it was something she couldn't work with. So unless he did some huge financial shady deal, which I don't see Gil doing, and she kept talking about the chemistry's not there, you're not happy, I'm not happy, I think that's the only thing I can go back to is that the sex was whack and she was not happy. So Your theory makes just as much sense as anything else. Because it is a mystery. It's not clear. It is. It is. It's like a... uh, Well, we'll never find out. But then Kyle takes off his glasses and says, happiness is not the goal of your marriage. Excuse me? (laughs) Um, He says that, you know, I'm sure you think that we're beating you up, but, you know, you're setting yourself up for failure if you continue to base your relationships on these momentary momentary feelings, which I did not appreciate because Pastor Kyle has a history of not listening when people are telling him exactly what they're feeling. He's stuck on his own theory and he doesn't listen. Oh, so with Pastor Kyle and his happiness, the purpose of marriage is not to be happy. Kind of, it just made me think of something. You may have seen it. Uh, there is a Ralph Waldo Emerson quote. The purpose of life is not to be happy. It is to be useful, to be honorable, to be compassionate, to have it make some difference that you have lived and lived well. And the part that kind of gets left off is like, if you have all those other things, then it will lead to happiness. I don't really think it's helpful to people to say, like, the purpose of marriage is not to be happy, especially at the beginning. (laughs) Oh, man. These experts. He's just fully convinced that because everybody is, you know, blinded by the sainthood of Gil, everyone's just like, how even can you leave this guy? Meanwhile, but no one's perfect, guys. You and I are like, we could very easily leave this guy. Absolutely. It's just us, though. It's just us. Yeah, just us, as we found, so... Yeah, so Dr. Viviana says that, you know, if at the beginning of the process she had asked her what her grounds would have been for filing a divorce, that, you know, there's nothing present now would be a reason that she would have mentioned as why she would get a divorce. And she should recalibrate and check and wonder if marriage is for her. I think these experts are doing too much. Like, she just said she don't want the guy anymore. That doesn't mean... (laughs) I feel like once oh someone says they want to break up and we're at the freaking reunion, like experts, you're not getting paid to keep these people together anymore. Uh, what is your motive? You What, you want a better pass rate? Like, what, what's your motivation? Just, 
so strange. That's why I'm just like, it's probably because they think Gil is the best thing since sliced bread, so therefore something must be wrong with you, which is a completely terrible stance to take as an expert. But mm. because I mean, every this is very extreme, and I'm not. This does not apply to Gil. I'm just saying, like, just in general, like everyone knows, like classic, like abusers or narcissists or anything. The same way that they be they behave to their spouse is not how they behave to the general public. They're usually like the nicest people. So if someone's saying something, maybe because she didn't give pinpoint an exact reason, that's probably why they're dismissing it. So I don't know. Who knows? I do wonder um, why Marilla will not just come out and say, maybe she feels like she is and we're just looking for something that isn't there. But even, I, I mean, everybody is in some sort of state of confusion yeah. because she's not saying that the reason why she's not with Gil anymore are the ones that we saw on our television. She's come up with new reasons. Cause we're like, well, we can see based on what we saw, why you wouldn't want to be with Gil, but you're not pointing to those reasons. Yeah. She's saying the chemistry, which some people like myself just think the sex is whack because <laughs> I don't know. This chemistry that has been repeated over and over this season. Because <laughs> um, I think Rachel says it at some point, but hey. Cal says, don't let your past a baggage define your future to Gil. And Gil is honest. And I appreciate him for saying this. He says, I hear you, but it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. So Kevin tells the experts, congratulations on another fantastic job. And I, I was, LOL'd. I am so confused. <laughs> if someone took a test and got 20%, why in God's green earth would you be congratulating them? And really, and I mean, at this point, they were maybe at 10% because Rachel and Jose have are kind of together, not even yeah. living together. So I don't really know anyway. Yeah. But yeah, that was it. Um... With the experts. Yes. So next we have a lovely group meetup. This is the part we all wait for. Everybody gathering in a room. And I think we were waiting for this one a little extra hard because these people seem to have all kinds of issues with each other that normally aren't present. Mm-hmm. Like you would think Michaela's accusation about Ryan being too invested in her relationship, something that we did not see on camera at all, mm-hmm. <laughs> would be addressed. We saw Zach and... Ryan, meet up to lift weights one time. That's all we saw. Yeah. But anyway, instead we get these people sitting together. It was kind of strange because it looked like none of the couples were sitting together. And then I looked and I'm like, wait, Brett and Ryan are sitting next to each other? And Rachel and Jose are sitting next to each other? Johnny and Bao were sitting next to each other, but his body orientation was tilted towards Mirla. Mirla, yeah. So you couldn't even kind of tell. Yeah. Kevin asked them all who missed filming after it was done. And Johnny, who blames filming for the demise of his relationships, (laughs) says that he's the one and that sometimes he wishes that they could do diary cam. And after, like, yeah, he misses filming. I'm like, what part of filming do you miss? You You stormed out of it multiple times. He's an attention whore. Right? That could be part of the reason why he even did this. It wasn't for the quote-unquote right reasons. It was just to come in there and get some camera time. Like, he just enjoys having the limelight on him. 
Kevin asks about the positive things they've gotten out of this since, you know, most of them do not have a spouse. And Zach says, it's, you know, meeting these great people, lifelong friends. I always say Married at First Sight is that rare reality TV show that you can come on and say, I'm not here to make friends. And yet everybody seems to come on and <laughs> a good chunk of them only leave with new friends. <laughs> like, did you really need those new friends? Um, Kevin points out that Zach and Michaela are here in the same room together. And Zach says he's indifferent, and Michaela says she's fine, and we all know that they are lying mofos. <laughs> <laughs> they talk about their social media presence um, and the reactions they get on social media. Ryan talks about how he writes people back, which we have all seen on Reddit, um, <laughs> and that people are shocked by it. Val was surprised by how many people care about her showering habits, and she swears to us that she showers on a daily basis. Johnny wasn't convinced. They ask about Gil's DMs. Brett said, ladies love cool Gil, which was actually kind of funny. (laughs) And Gil just manages to choke out very slowly that There's a lot of heterosexual guys also in his DMs congratulating him on what I like on getting Mirla. (laughs) He's getting love from random people, but it's good. He honestly, you can tell that Gil is not in a great mental space. He's not normal Gil. At all. He's just sad. Um, The story about the craziest thing in his DMs, I was like, I think you need to swear out a a restraining order. Because this young lady, he says, she's like, she's a fan. She posts 10 to 12 posts on her live story. He says about myself, and I'm like, about me, but okay. Um, mm-hmm. She says she's only a flight away. They're meant to be. Marilla's not the one for you. I'm here for you. And every Wednesday between 8.30 and 9 p.m., it's there. <laughs> I was like, this sounds scary. I mean, I'm just thinking, who is this young lady? I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, he let us know. Just whisper. (laughs) Jose addresses the gay rumors. Honestly, he took too long to do it. He should have been, like, quick, like, no. But instead, he dragged it out, which probably makes people more suspicious. I have always found it strange. Every season, one guy gets picked as the I think he's gay guy. I think last season, was it Ryan? So I'm very much over it. Um, Michaela says that her gaydar doesn't go out. I was like, is your gaydar particularly good? She said it was. She said, my gaydar is so strong and it doesn't go off for you. Okay. They talk about how they have a volleyball league. Zach, Mirla, Johnny, and Brett. Johnny signed them up. Um, They talk about who's hung out with who. Mirla and Rachel went to Chicago. Mirla and Johnny went to Cancun. They had a whole story about basically they were there at the same time. I don't think they actually went together. But they do hang out a lot. They get each other. He talks her down. Um, They ask Gil what he thinks, and he says no comment. That, I think, was the moment when we knew we were kind of dealing with evil people. Um, Yes. (laughs) They were having... We have established... You guys have been here, I believe, for like a day We've all established that Gil is very hurt and in an emotional place right now. I'm not saying the whole world needs to cater to him, but that just felt very... Y'all were having too much fun with that. Yes. 
there's um you know the time when Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston broke up and then the whole thing that was going on with Angelina he said something that was like glowing against Angel- uh, Angelina and all that kind of stuff no one's saying don't praise your current spouse but there was something in particular that he said and Jennifer Aniston was like he can say whatever he wants but there's a sensitivity chip missing I thought of that statement during this whole scene like you said don't cater to Gil but just recognize or acknowledge the fact that there's a man that's hurting right there. And you have to remember, granted it didn't work out, all these people are exes. It's never truly easy to walk into a room and to face your ex, especially when you're the aggrieved one. It wasn't by your choice. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like it was all for fun and everyone was acting like it's not a big deal. They move on to talking about the wrong name incident and Kevin asks Jose if he trusts Rachel, and he says he does. Ryan and Brett say Jose has grown for his say, his mistakes. Michaela says she agrees with that, too. Brett says if he didn't learn, basically, Rachel would not be back with him. But I guess he didn't learn for real if they're not together anymore. <laughs> uh, something that I'm glad that we did dig into was Hurricane Kay and the foolishness of the retreat. Um. She says she's not proud of it. It was not okay. She needs to calm down. I, I have real issues with Michaela, <laughs> and I will never get over them. That's what I learned watching this and watching the Where Are They Now. I never believe her when she says she's dealing with these rage issues. Mm. She said she was panicking about her dad, which I understood. Um, but I also, I'm like, you say you're worried about Zach's safety, but that night, if you had left him alone, he might've actually stayed, but instead you just spun yourself up and kept on like basically going after him that he felt that he had to leave. So your goals and your actions are not really aligning. Um, Zach says that he was very clear why he left. He wanted to leave. That's what he did. Then he started to apologize to her and she escalated because that is what she does because I do not believe she's changed for one minute. And then (laughs) Zach is like, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to try to apologize anymore. And it is very awkward for everybody else in the room. (laughs) They're all all looking like, what do we do? What do we say? And Kevin is not in the room. I forgot. I always forget about that part. (laughs) Yeah. Um, they decide to start this conversation again about who would be better suited. And Gil taps out. He says he's not feeling good. He's going to head out. Mirla's facial expression at that moment, and because we saw him walk behind her, it's not one of their, like, fake cut facial expressions. Yeah. She was, like, looking down and smirking. Yeah. Um, Michaela goes after him, too. At that point, I was like, is she leaving too? And then they go to an office that has a sign on the door that says, please wear your mask. (laughs) I note that neither one of them is wearing masks. (laughs) It is Texas. (laughs) Um, We kind of go back to Kevin and the people and Johnny says, oh, they weren't in Texas. They were in L.A. Um, Really? Yeah, they shot the reunion in L.A. I don't know where Kevin Frazier was. New York? I don't know, but... 
<laughs> Johnny says that Gil didn't like the question. And then we see Gil in the office with Michaela. And he's very emotional. He says to go through this and know that I'm divorced now. And, you know, he has a resolve in himself to be positive and optimistic. And he doesn't have it in him to do it today. Um, his energy is crappy and negative. We see the other people kind of waiting, like, hey, are they coming back? Brian says, might as well keep on going. Um, but then we go back to Gil and Michaela. He says that people are nonchalant about the experience. Um, and that's just a thing in life. Like, everybody can go through the same thing. And some people just take it more seriously than others. I don't think Johnny and Mirla take this very seriously based on what we just saw. And their kind of like ha-ha attitude about it deeply affected Gil. And that's why he left. Yeah. I, can I just say that I really appreciated Rachel telling Johnny to back off. Because I've always felt like everyone just lets Johnny. Like Johnny takes so much pleasure in being the. Is it too far to say the it guy of the group? Like the person Merla likes to hang out with. Rachel, Jose and all that. So I think they let him get away with some stuff. But when he kept going like oh I guess they didn't like the question. I do feel like he said more that they cut out. But then Rachel just quipped and was like, back off, Johnny, like, stop. You know, I did not even notice that. Yeah. Good for Rachel. Good for and, her, because she's in his corner, but still. <laughs> and it's, I think, good evidence about the tone of the room. Yeah. That even Rachel could read. Yeah. <sighs> um... So back to Gil and Michaela are talking and he says it's not conducive for him and it pisses him off. And Michaela says that it hurts. Call me, I don't know. I felt like Gil was having a genuine moment and Michaela was looking for an excuse to leave and Gil just kind of gave it to her. Um, let me see. I do think Honestly, this reunion, I don't even know if I just give people the benefit of the doubt, but I do think she genuinely cared about him because, again, like I said, there are factions and maybe one half doesn't really care for the other half. <laughs> and <laughs> she just used it as an opportunity to go check on him because I did say I like the fact that she went to check on Gil because I don't know if anyone is everyone's talking about Rachel and Jose, Rachel and Jose, but. Gil and Merla, I know Merla's fine, but if you guys are such a group like they say, who's looking out for Gil? I haven't heard anyone say, you know, I'm checking up on Gil to make sure he's okay, make sure he's fine. No one's done that. So it's kind of like, I like that at least one person went and he just really looked like he needed that hug that she gave him. Now, what I thought was, eh, was her trying to commiserate with him when their issues aren't quite the same but she feels also like I'm like yeah Michaela step back a second <laughs> that's the part that I was like eh, not quite the same boo but okay so we finally get the whole like announcement Gil and Michaela they're officially done he wants to go home he's done with all of this we're always going back and forth about whether leaving is okay. But on this one, I was like, yeah. Like, I was fully yeah. supportive of him. That environment was toxic. <laughs> yeah. For him. For him. Maybe not for everybody. So, best that he leave. So, Kevin tells everybody that they're done, but they're going to keep on going. So, Kevin says that there were some fun moments. And they show, you know, 
some of their fun moments. I actually, yeah. And then we kind of, that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we see a season 14 sneak peek that was very boring. It actually reminded me why we don't watch the matchmaking special. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was it for the reunion part two. Yeah. So who has your bouquet this week? Okay. Since this is our final episode, I might break some of the rules. I had my bouquet down, but going through the episode and talking through it with you, Aid, I think I might change change it. So my bouquet, originally, I have Jose down for my bouquet. Okay. But now I'm embarrassed a little. Okay, so I have Jose because I actually believed that he was making changes. I actually thought that he took all the advice that the experts gave him in stride, like for him to go ahead and just do better. And that he really just really does like love Rachel and just trying to do everything that she could. But as I was reading that part where he was speaking over her, I'm like, probably not. So my other half of the bouquet also goes to bow for standing her ground against Johnny because Johnny's just, intent on not taking accountability and throwing a lot of the blame on her and making her a bad person but she came with facts and receipts and wasn't dancing around the issues while johnny couldn't give us anything that was really like specific i feel like i've been waiting a whole season for johnny to 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 tell us specifically what bow deep hiding secrets were and like we just never got it and this was this was his day to tell us and we never got it my yeah. bouquet is also bow for uttering the iconic line, he just didn't like what he got. Summarizing <laughs> everything we've had to suffer through in one solid sentence. Thank you, Bow. <laughs> Who has your burnt ashes? Uh, my burnt ashes goes to multiple people. My burnt ashes goes to Johnny for just being who he is. I think Johnny's an asshole. I think Johnny is a very insensitive person. I think Johnny's a thirsty person. And I think Johnny just has a lot of work that he needs to do on himself. The other one goes to Pastor Cal. Didn't appreciate him just being focused on, this is what happened to Merla. You're scared. You're scared. Like, sometimes you got to hear people out. Maybe she would have been able to express specifically what it is. Um, The other one goes to Zach for just being a hot mess, not being able to communicate, just not giving us stuff in a straight way and he also goes to Michaela for just blowing up all the time and saying that that's not who you are anymore but it is who you are by your actions and a little bit goes to Merla but I don't really want to but I really really I like Merla but I just really think she handled the whole thing with Gil in a poor way okay and yours basically your list yeah 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 <laughs> I kind of, I'm, I really don't know what to do with Merla. Part of me feels, I think part of it is that the hate that she gets is so disproportionate to what she has done. Like, she broke up with someone. She's not being 100% clear to us as to why she broke up with that person. I, I, I sympathize with Gil, but I also don't think that his suffering is necessarily because of Merla. I think his suffering is because he's going through a breakup, and that just hurts. Yeah, but Uh, Merla is part of the breakup. I I gotta say that a breakup hurts on its own, 
um, for when you're blindsided, just people I know who've been through it or myself, blindsided is a whole different thing. It's an added layer to just that. So I think that's what he said his main issue is, is the blindsiding, though. When you think you're really in it. So, yeah. Now, can I just say that if this was the where are they now, definitely my ashes would go to Merla. Um, I think my burnt ashes really just go to Zach for talking nonsense. And <laughs> last week I said that every argument with Michaela and Zach... I always end up on Zach's side. But it was really evident to me how, like, the difference between him and Michaela is not much. <laughs> They're both pretty bad in their own ways. And I'm yeah. particularly peeved that he lied and then admitted to lying. And it makes me wonder what else he's lied about. Yeah. I think the main difference between the both of them is just the blow-up. It's just that the blow-up is a huge thing. Definitely. All right, guys. That is it for... Season three of Alter Call and season 13 of Married at First Sight. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Alter Call MAFS. That's A L T A R C A L L M A F S. We love hearing from you guys on social media. And we will be back in January with MAFS season 14 in Boston. Wow. <laughs> we will we are available anywhere you listen to podcasts thank you so much for your support this season and for listening to our show don't forget to subscribe if you're a first time listener so you don't miss when we come back for season 14 as Abe mentioned at the top of the episode this is the last of the regular episode but we're still going to be going on our patreon you can join at patreon.com slash also call MAFS. We're going to have some bonus episodes going till we come back in January. And if you're so inclined, please give us a five-star rating on the Apple podcast. And we look forward to chit-chatting with you next year. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, and Happy New Year in advance. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>